1: you begin your spiritual journey, you are often told what to do and receive advice on which path to follow. But as you move along, eventually you need to become your own guide. Progress can be difficult at times, but once you reach new levels of awareness, the inner vistas are spectacular. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in all of us. Your guide and companion is Giles Asselin. Come join us now on this path of exploration. Here is your host, Giles Asselin.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jill. Welcome. Welcome back to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in all of us, in, um, in every one of us. Um, very nice day here today in New Jersey, clear blue sky, very pleasant. Um, it's a nice change from two or three weeks ago. So I thought I would um I would mention and send you some rays of sun uh to warm your heart. It's been um it's been an interesting week, nothing really special, just uh, what I mentioned last week the vicissitudes of life, les vicissitudes de la vie. Um and that's what we you know go through. But excuse me. I usually get a little bit of feedback from uh, from people, from folks, from friends, and also I tend to receive a lot of things that uh, fit very well with the topic of the show. And today I wanted to talk about um, preparing the field, the field of our inner life. Uh, I will explain to you a little later where this idea came from, uh, from a question that I received on Facebook about a week, um, nine days ago, something like this. A person from Belgium. <clears throat> And um, so that's what it is. A uh, few things coming in, um, some pleasant, some not so pleasant. And the first one that came in, in a sense, maybe eight, nine days ago also, uh, was a question, maybe only six or seven. It doesn't really matter. Uh, a question from my friend Susan, um, who was on the show, who was, um, who's been sorry, listening to the show and got some uh, interesting um, Remembrance and cleansing from, from, I think, episode two and three from what she mentioned to me. And um, interestingly enough, uh, she came back to me uh, with a question about the mind. And I I was surprised because I wasn't too, so much now. um, I moved on since I talked about the mind about five or six weeks ago. Uh, Not much, nothing really significant has happened to me in terms of... of, um, of balancing my mind, and then she, she asked me a question about the mind, I responded uh, pretty much along the same lines of what I said uh, five or six weeks ago, the, the, you know, the, the importance of, of balancing the mind and the heart, and not letting the mind go wild. And then in the past 24 hours, a few small things happened to me uh, where my mind already clearly showed its presence. Uh, not only its presence but also its its strength and i was um I was both amazed um not always very happy but also amused that um this little science from the universe and also from what what we are made of you know we are made of the universe in a sense the universe is in us to the same extent that we are the universe and um I was kind of puzzled about this, you know. I think when I when I do the show, when I prepare for the show, obviously I send out something in the universe, and then I get a message back, or I get messages back, and those messages come from mostly from online or from emails that I receive uh, from friends, and again, people on Facebook, but also for, from within within my own my closer environment, my family. And it's uh, it's up to me to pay attention. I think paying attention is a very important thing to to become more aware of what we do and how we do it and what do we get in return. So now the question was very simple. She said, what is the mind? Is it separate from the soul? And she said, I thought I would ask, perhaps you can shed some light. And uh, she was especially... What's the word I wanted to interp interpolate in French, you know, she was she was puzzled or she was uh, questioning things because in one of the soul prayers uh, that we read in, in Breckenridge in the retreat that I we had both attended last September no it's not October, sorry. Uh, one of the prayers says I allow my mind to be transformed as it awakens to its true nature, having never been separated from the source of its being. And, uh, and I responded along the lines of again uh, the idea of um, the French word I use. The French word I use is "amadoue" to become more gentle, more friendly with the mind, and um, not conceiving the mind as the enemy. In a sense, it may be a very strong force within us, but. Uh, it doesn't mean we have to face you know to face it f- up front and then and then wage on a, a battle um as I said earlier on, I think it's much better to take a bit of a a position in the in the backdrop in a sense observe what's going on, the kind of messages um that the the mind sends us and then pay attention and then let go let go of the thoughts that we don't uh we don't think they're bringing value to us. And I'm saying this when, um, again, two or three small examples. This is my spelunking in retrospect. So um, last night I was working late on the computer, um, doing a few things, um, working on, on Facebook and various groups. And eventually, right before going into my evening meditation, I decided to to do something um Checking one website, real estate, and and I spent a good 30 minutes there, and that was okay by my standards. But I realized it wasn't really a necessary activity. I could have done that at just about any other moment in time. I didn't have to do it right then. And in the end, I had to go back, you know, to my meditation a little later, which means I went to back I went to bed later, and it's like a ripple effect. And that's fine, but um, I realized that back then when I went to this website, I wasn't really listening to, I was really listening to my my mind. And uh, again, this this kind of pressure that I receive on on a regular basis when the mind tells you you need to do something, you know, it's important. Um, In this case, it was really no big deal. But then you have a, a small, you know, the after effect in a sense. It's a small lingering uh, feeling of guilt that maybe I could have used my time uh, in a much, much better way. And, um, and that's what it is. And that's, you know, I, ref- I reflect, uh, I, I welcome the information, both of it, you know, the message uh, asking me to to do something and I'm not fully aware of where it's coming from and why is it that he's asking me? And then uh, the after effect of um, a bit of a feeling of guilt and um, and it's the way it is. And, um, and another example, a very small thing again this morning, um, I didn't really pay attention to what was going in, going on in my environment and I did something which could have waited um, at least an hour or two, and again, I was—I was under the pressure of my mind, and I was—I was, I was just—I um, wouldn't say I was following orders. Maybe that's a way to look at it too. But I was just—you know—there was no filter in a sense. There was no—there was no screen. There was no. When I look at the mind as a, as an entity, there was no. No screen around it in a sense, no screen around the mind that was observing. I was fully into it, I was fully absorbed into what the mind wanted me to do. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to take that, what the, the French call recul, R-E-C-U-L. It's like you back out of the situation. I mentioned that you know in a few milliseconds. You, you, you don't need much time, you just need the awareness. It's like a spark of awareness. You look at something and you realize, oh, this is coming from the same source, the source that wants me to to do things that are sending me messages of urgency, that I need to do this when, if I take just one step back, then I realize, maybe you can do it, but you don't have to do it now. And again, this morning, what I did in a hurry, which created some unpleasant consequences, Left me with a feeling of guilt, and um, I'm very, I'm very intrigued because uh, you know I start asking myself. You know, I've been talking about the mind. I've been sometimes teaching others about the mind. What I would do for you know for for Amadeu for for being more gentle with the mind, and then I'm five weeks later. I'm doing still the same thing. I'm listening to to what the mind is telling me. I'm not even to put that. Now I'm thinking about the shield. I'm not even thinking, I'm not even able to put that filter between the message coming from the mind. And so, you know, what's what's the outcome here? What about all the work that I've been doing, all the reflection, all the teaching, all the sharing? Where is this going? And, uh, and that's the way it is. It's a fresh... Uh, it's a fresh analysis in a sense that I've been just been doing this, this afternoon, this early afternoon, it's uh, past three o'clock in New Jersey. And um, that's the way it is. That's part of the vicissitudes that I mentioned last week. You know, we go through ups and downs and we think we've made some progress. Uh, We think we've, we've, we've done a bit more spelunking and we've maybe we come up with a, a technique to I would have said to corner the mind, but at least to, to, to look at him from a different angle, to look at it from a different angle. And then, boom, we take one step backward and realize the mind is still doing the same thing. And still I thoughts going from my mind. And um, that's just the way things are. I think um, I was thinking to myself about the qualities, in a sense, or the values that are Important along the path when we when we proceed, and one that came up was um, definitely the, uh, the the quality, the the value of determination. You know, we have to be very determined uh, in terms of what we want to accomplish, the progress we want to make. It doesn't mean there has to be a very finite goal with very clear cut. You know landmarks and points, I think the spiritual path is very um it meanders you know there's different ways to go about it, and there's no there's no set recipe that's my understanding there may be there may be ways to technique meditation technique to control your mind i mean, I mentioned a couple, but I think what matters most is really your your own determination your own willingness to go and move forward. You realize you take one step backward, and that's fine. Show up your gratitude, and then move on. Move on with the rest of your life and see what happens next. Maybe three days from today, you will realize that you've taken three steps forward. And, and that's because of that step backward that you were able to move forward again. So I think determination is important. It's like almost like setting the... The direction for for where you want to go, it doesn't have to be again a set directions, but it's almost gathering the wind that you need at your back um, to fly forward in a sense. And um, perseverance um, that goes along so very well with what I just said. You know the the quality and the strength of perseverance perseverance um, along the path. I mean, obviously we're going to meet a lot of um, obstacles big and small big and small and this is very much inevitable i think i have i've been convinced from a long time that we are being tested along the paths and these tests, these tests uh, come from who knows where but i think they are also very smart tests and uh they come from left they come from right they come from from above and below i would say but it's um it's what life is all about, and um, I tend to look at them as what they are. Maybe that's my own interpretation. I'm going too far. I don't. I don't know. But that's when something very difficult comes along. You know, it depends what it is. If it's more like psychological or, or spiritual, or if it's something like a a problem in my life um, that I need to resolve. You know, uh, and do something about it. And sometimes it's more something more. Inner, like a lesson I need to learn. It's not so much uh, something I need to do with my, possibly with my fingers or a phone call or something I need to write. But um, I think it's important to, to honor those, those uh, occurrences and, and then just let go, let go. And the other um, quality that came to mind is the quality of patience you know, determination, Perseverance and patience, they all go very well hand in hand. Um, I was reading a very nice quote, um, I'll have to find it, but it's not very far, uh, uh, that I read a couple days ago. It's about, uh, it's a website called Very Best Quotes, and there's uh, one quote about um, patience and time, the notion of time. The quote says, inner peace is impossible without patience. Wisdom requires patience. Spiritual growth implies the mastery of patience. Patience allows the unfolding of destiny to proceed at its own unhurried pace. The quote is from someone called Brian Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. And... um, it's interesting patience you know it's something you work on it constantly because out there in the universe uh, there's not such a a definition of uh, an understanding of time which is linear the way we understand linear time you know days um, weeks months things happen all at once in a sense and the notions of past future and present are all embedded and i really um, I really like this quote, you know, inner peace is impossible without patience. Wisdom requires patience. Spiritual growth implies the mastery of patience. Patience allows the unfolding of destiny to proceed at its own unhurried pace. And what is, you know, what means the mastery of patience? And that's part of the the testing I was just talking about. Oftentimes I find myself in situations where I the only thing I can do is be patient. I have nothing else to do in a sense if I want to, I want to have a, a doing perspective. And I just need to be. And sometimes when I have to wait like this, uh, it could be from someone in my family, it could be from something else. I just, I just wait. And sometimes I try to, to focus on, on the idea of beauty. Uh, what is beautiful? What is beautiful in my life? How much beauty, how much serenity do I have? To me, it's a, it's a moment, um, it's a special moment that happens to me very often in the car, waiting. And um, where is the beauty around me? I have maybe two minutes, maybe five minutes, absolutely nothing to do. I'm alone with my mind, in a sense, I'm alone with my soul. How do I use that time? How do I make the most out of it if I were to be a very busy, productive um, executive? How would I want to make the most of this of this time? And the way I chose as often as possible is to be with beauty. And it could be the beauty looking at my neighbors. It could be the beauty looking at the street. It could be the beauty looking at the sky. But it's, um, it is a, a habit that I've been... Um, using as much as possible, and I find it very very useful. So to finish this uh, little bit of a segment, again, the idea of determination, perseverance, and patience, I think are very key, are very important on the path. And I would, um, I would advise you to, to practice them uh, as much as you can. Thank you.
1: surprise you.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Giles Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program.
2: Hello again, this is Jill. Welcome back. Thank you very much for for listening. So I was talking... um, during the first segment, I was talking about the different uh, qualities that are needed on the path. I'm sure there's many more. You can think about many more than uh, what I listed, uh, determination, perseverance, and, and patience. And uh, I also wanted to, to share with you something that I received, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I'm not quite, um, excuse me, I'm not quite there all the time. We've been traveling to the West Coast two weeks ago, and I'm not quite, quite resettled. But I received a very nice um, piece uh, from a website called the Worlds of Comfort. If you want the the URL, it's uh, worldsofcomfort.wordpress.com. And something we came into my box on Facebook, I don't know where I find so many things, Uh, about two days ago, and it deals with the dark night of the soul. And uh, again, I find it interesting because it's these are topics the um, the mind, uh, thoughts going for our minds, the dark night of the soul. These are topics that I address in my show. Um, I would say quite a bit of time ago. I think the dark night of the soul may have been in in Feb, back in February. And now I receive, you know, I receive another piece which is very delightful. I will read it to you, and it makes me think. It makes me go back to to what I said during the show and to what I realized a few years back when I learned about this concept of the dark night of the soul and what is it that I open, what what is it that I open in me 24 years ago when when I went, when I went for my own experience uh, when I was in graduate school and and I still, you know, I think I really surrendered to the, to the universe because I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell something must have opened up from what I understand from what I read. But, uh, and it's, Perhaps that's why I'm here today talking to you. But it's still, uh, you know, the universe is a very amazing uh, mystery. So the message is from uh, April 28th of this year. And again, it's Worlds of Comfort. And it reads, um, it is in our darkest of moments when we find the strength of our heart. Not always do we know the reason why we are going through certain challenges But there is always a reason, and it is in the dark where that seed is being planted. It is in the dark where that seed is being planted. And as it begins to grow and stretch, the story of it is revealed to us, and we embody the wisdom. We are all being faced with our challenges now, and are being initiated into the discovering of why the dark is there, And how we can love and honor ourselves on a deeper level. Many times, these initiations are not a slide through experience, and we may ask, why? Why am I going through this? But the stronger the light is becoming, the more dark is needing to be evicted. And this means that we, as Spirit, have set up for ourselves these kind of challenges and experiences that we grow that light and our heart that much stronger. We are being called to slow down emotionally, physically, and mentally. This is not arranged against time. It never is. So it puts together so many things, you know, so many things about um, what I wanted to talk about today. You know, this is something I got two days ago, and the topic, I decided about the topic for today's show, Plowing the Fields. And sitting in a sense, about seven eight years seven, eight days ago, so it's amazing how you know the universe has so much power that what I receive or what I read um, comes together so beautifully it's a uh, It's really amazing, and this idea also that you know it's something we've done for ourselves, you know why are we going through what we are going through, and sometimes you know. It's very hard to justify, in a sense, because our mind is very rational. Our mind, that's the mind with the, the big M, the one I've been talking about, this entity that so often governs us. You know, why is it that um, this is happening to me? And, and we realize—I I think, I, think I, I did for sure, that there was a lot, a lot of dark in me, you know, for maybe for the past 30 years or for the past 40 years. I mean, some of it was there from long ago, from ages and eons ago. Uh, But some of it also was more implanted in a sense, uh, quote-unquote nourished, if you can nourish the dark. In my current life, when I was a child, because of what I experienced at home, and then a seed is born, it's a seed of darkness, and because of what we do to ourselves, we, are, we allow that, that, that seed of darkness to, to get power and to grow on its own. And unfortunately, most of the time, it grows unconscious of our awareness. And then it does things to us and it directs us in certain directions or towards certain beings. And um, it's not always for our good. And then we, you know, we come to a quote like the one I just read to you, and um, come to realize that, you know, there's a reason for this to happen. Even though, even though it's hard. Again, I, w- I want to use the word justify, um, because that's what my rational mind wants. You know, why did I have to go through that experience uh, 24 years ago? I mean, why did I, What did I do to deserve it? I was, I was a good guy and you know, i came to wisconsin to study i wanted to improve my life i wanted to become a, a bilingual professional i wanted to make my family proud if, if, and all these things and things happen and then and then you see you feel so so vulnerable i guess it's uh, it's something i've discussed also it's also a quality along the path um i think it's a quality which is much more difficult to pinpoint i think i mentioned it um Early on in the show, maybe show number three or four or five, I can't remember. And, um, and talking about what we are going through is a way of being vulnerable. It doesn't mean you, we or I have to pour my heart. But I think it's important to to realize that we all go through ups and downs, just what I, like I mentioned here last week. And there's ups that are fairly high and there's downs that are fairly deep and it's just uh the way life is and i guess there's a there's a meaning in all of this and often it's it's impossible to realize where in the in the depth in the depth of that experience we don't quite realize what's going on and it takes at least in my case it took me a lot of time a lot of years to realize that That experience that I I lived 24 years ago was like a turning point in my life. I was able to to anchor something in my life, even though it was something purely spiritual. And this quote also takes me to um, what I wanted to discuss today, uh, this idea of plowing the field, and this idea of preparing our lives, I guess, in the northern hemisphere, it's um, it's beginning of spring, or I guess not the beginning, but um, the middle of spring. And you can see at least one in our neighborhood. You know, gardens are becoming um, are being plowed. And our neighbor in the back uh, plowed, I think, last Monday. Uh, he has a, a small veggie garden, and um, it's this time of the year where we tend to think about, you know. What are we going to grow? I think it's um, it's a good question. What are we going to grow in our lives in terms of possibly veggies or flowers? But what are we going to grow anew in our own spiritual life? Um, it makes me think about the, the talk that I shared for Master Jowal and Kathleen Kingdon last week. You know, um, It's time to plant. It's being soon time to plant. Uh, and again, it's a question of, of having um, goals, I think. you know What is it that we want to see in our lives coming up in the next few months uh, as we are getting into the more, the more sunny month, the more summery month? Um, life is a cycle. How are we going to honor the, the peak of that cycle is, a, is an important question. So, the reason for the title of that show came from um, a, a quote, a quote from uh, Ramana Maharishi, Maharishi, sorry, it was an Indian sage, uh, Indian, um, yeah, Indian sage is a good word. I think he lived in the 19th century, and he's also into that uh, Advaita school of teaching that I mentioned uh, three or four shows ago. And he has a quote that goes like this um, It says, your own self realization. Is the greatest service you can render the world. Your own self realization is the greatest service you can render the world. And I posted that quote, it comes with a beautiful image uh, in my invitation on Facebook last week, and I did the same this week. And last week, a guy that I've never heard of, uh, his first name is Pierre Henri, lives in Belgium. He said his response was, how do we proceed? How do we go about it? And um, again, a message from the universe, because I received um, a weekly message from a person I may have mentioned her earlier on. Her name is Ashtara. Her, her pen name or spiritual name is Ashtara, A-S-H-T-A-R-A. And she lives in Glastonbury. It's also a place which appears more and more meaningful to me and a place that I have mentioned earlier on. And she has some musings about once a week and uh, lots of good quotes. And she, today she sent one, um, a quote from Lao Tzu, a Chinese philosopher, that goes in the very, very same direction. The quote says, Would you like to save the world from the degradation and destruction it seems destined for? Then step away from the sh- Then step away from shallow mass movements, and quietly go to work on your own self-awareness, on your own self-awareness. If you want to awaken all of humanity, then awaken all of yourself. And the message is just very much the same. At times we have big goals, we want to save the world. But it's a, you know, it doesn't only start at home, it starts in our own heart. That's where we can do most of the work. That's where we can do the most meaningful work. And um, it makes a lot of sense because if we realize, at least I can realize, you know, the kind of vibrations I was sending out to the world 30 years ago, knowingly or unknowingly, I think there was a lot of despair coming out of my life. A lot of sadness. I think sadness came out of my life when I went through that experience in, uh, in Wisconsin. A lot of, you know, negative vibrations that we are not often aware of. And yet, they radiate in our environment and they may attract people, but people that are not of the healthiest vibration just because of what we send. So I think the more we become conscious of this path of ours, of this, um, I would almost use the word duty, Uh, It's a duty of ours that we have only to ask ourselves in the first place. I mean, no one is there to ask us to pursue the path. I am not asking you to do it. I'm just encouraging you to do it. And I'm encouraging you to to go within and to search for what is it that you need, what kind of nourishment you need. I can't give you the nourishment myself. If you ask me a question, I will do my best to answer that question. But it's really up to you for you to search and for you to, to look out for what is most or best suited to your, to your lifestyle, to your goals, to your desires. You know, how do you want to plow your field and what does it mean to plow the field, the field of our lives? You know, what comes to the surface um, is the soil which, wasn't, which has been, you know, I wouldn't say buried, but has been dormant for, for quite some time. And we turn the soil around, and there's freshness out of it. There may be some words, worms um, coming out of the soil as well. There may be some weeds. There may be some stones. What else could it be? I mean, it depends on, on what soil you are talking about. It could be soiled soil. You know, it could be polluted soil. I think if you're really aware of that pollution, that inner pollution, I think it's important to to do work on it. But just preparing the field and plowing, uh, plowing the soil, you know, what does it mean in our lives? And why do we want to do this? Again, it's a question of what do we want to plant? Plowing the field is only the first step. And that's, I think in this, in this topic, the way the topic came to mind, I'm starting to answer the beginning of an answer to this uh, question from Pierre-Henri. How do we proceed? And, and again, um, there needs to be some, some plan, some planning as, as well. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you want to build a veggie garden, obviously you need to plow the soil. You need to clear the field. You need to clean it. You need to go buy some seeds or you need to get seeds from somewhere. It could be seeds from a plant of veggies from last year, from last harvest. Um, But there's need to be um, something in place. Even though at the beginning, it may be a very um, unstructured, I would say unstructured effort we may not know where we're going. We're just, the French word that comes to mind is tâtonné. You know, we try different areas and see what happens. See how it feels. You put your foot on the right, on the right side and it doesn't seem very strong or very solid. And then, you try the left. It's, it's pretty much like when you go down a cave. You have to be very careful. You have to go slowly. You have to make sure that you do the right thing. And, Plowing the field, we may need to do the same, you know, what if we bump into a, a nest of some sort? One year when I was doing a garden in our, in our backyard, we were gone for like three or four weeks. And we, when we came back, right by the nest, within the nest, within the garden, but right by the, the fence, sorry, uh, there was a small uh, rabbit's nest And uh, I didn't realize. And then I removed the grass and then the rabbits came out. (laughs) And it was a very nice surprise. Um, We could see rabbits, the the, the male rabbits, uh, inside the patch uh, often we were wondering what was going on. But until you go there and realize, you know, this is what is, this is life. This is life growing. And you can find all kinds of life in a garden. And I'm using the physical garden but think about your own own inner life what is it that you can find what are surprises good or bad that you can find and um, maybe you're going to find a beautiful fertile soil that will allow you to to grow things beyond beyond your hope I guess but again it's a the first thing you need to do you need to, to 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 do some work with the soil, you need to turn it around. You need to, uh, to go for the freshness of a new life, I think. And um, that's what you need to do in the first place. And that's where I would like to, to stop for this um, segment and tell you a bit more about uh, plowing when we come back.
0: The bottom line in business talk. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Giles Asselin. To reach the program, call in to one 472 5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program.
2: Hello again, this is Jill. Welcome back. Thank you very much for for listening and being with us today. I was talking about plowing. Um, I was talking about tending a garden right before the break. Um, Which is a very, um, to me, it was a very enticing idea. When I I started a garden, um, I think it was back in 2005. And the reason I started is because a friend of mine His name is Naval, a Buddhist uh, friend of mine, gave me some tomato plants. And um, I looked at our backyard. There was enough space. There was a big patch uh, full of grass. It wasn't very flat, so you would see that the the soil would be going down um, away from from us. And um, the idea came to do a garden, and it's... um, it's a way to honor life as well, I think. Um, it's, um, I think it's a very beautiful pastime in a sense. And it's, I don't do it anymore, but it's, it's beyond the point. And um, I think it's, get, it's a way to get closer to, to Earth, to Gaia, to planet Earth. And also to cultivate our gratitude, gratitude for what comes out of nature and for what humans can cultivate, again, on a physical level, but also on a, on a, on a more spiritual slash metaphorical level. And um, for about five years, I had um, a nice garden. Not very, The patch wasn't very large, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe six meters wide and 10 meters long. Uh, a small fence about 80 centimeters wide. Uh, uh, hi, sorry and um, I spent quite a bit of time in there Uh, one thing that really amazed me is how fast the weeds come back and um, how much water does the garden need I remember uh, growing zucchinis zucchinis both um, yellow and green Uh, green beans as well salads, flowers in the middle of the veggie garden And um, I like that. I think it's good also to do something with our hands, with our fingers. Uh, To me, it was a way to be grounded in a sense, and again to be closer to the earth. And um, at the time, I was—it's interesting because at the time, it's a time when I was moving out of my uh, the Buddhist organization I was practicing with. So, so possibly I don't have quite a memory there, but possibly it was a way for me to ground me to something else. And some, you know, so much goes on into the, into the unconscious. But possibly I needed that activity because I was going to lose, uh, like a foundation in my life. I've used that metaphor of the scaffolding. So thinking back about that time, 2006, 7, and 8, that's when I was finally able to release the scaffolding of my life. I'd been in that in that very structured environment for a good 10, 15 years, I was very involved. It's like I was being given structure. You know, I had structure because of my own character, my past as a financial auditor, And usually when I do things in an organized way, I tend to be fairly disciplined. Now it's a little different. But um, I was coming out of life life without a lot of structure. And... um, and I think this gardening thing, you know, um, gave me a chance to, to get grounded and to be more in touch with myself. So I'm not saying here that you should, uh, plowing the field in your inner life, you should have a, a garden. But I'm sure at some level, and it could be um, a much deeper level, it, it may help. And um, I think it helps to, to get our minds clear, too. If our focus, if our love, in a sense, that's what we are giving the earth and that's what we are receiving. It's an exchange of love. Gardening is an exchange of love. And uh, in that exercise, I think there's a lot of communion uh, going on between us and and the earth. And um, I don't remember having, you know, lots of thoughts, um, you know, when um, thoughts are racing from my mind, these kind of thoughts. I don't gardening felt like a very peaceful activity to me and a very i was very focused on what i was doing because you have to pay attention you're you're dealing with living entities and i think you have to give them what they call tlc in the u.s tender loving care and that's what every one of us wants and needs i guess so it's also a good practice for just about caring in general so i would uh, I would really encourage you, even if it's only in your mind, to do this um, visualize yourself you know plowing the field of your life and planning something for for the new and it could be the new you in the in the next few months to come, or it could be the new earth which is you know which is continuously growing and progressing i mean uh, Master Jwal, uh, last week in his message talked about the golden age of the Buddha uh, with the return of the Buddha in 2017 on Vesak Day. Um, it's a very um, exciting time, and the question he had in one of his lectures, you know, how can we prepare ourselves uh, for this time when this time comes around? And uh, for the return of Christ, it's the same thing. It's a question of energetic uh, presence, I think. More than uh, personally, I don't expect one being coming out and, and quote unquote saving us. But um, who knows? I can't read into the future, which is a, a good thing. And, um, and the question again is how do we prepare ourselves? How do we prepare the field of our life? What do we do to, te- to take care of our own little garden? Uh, what are we expecting to grow? Is it going to be zucchinis, potatoes, green beans? How, the, how long does it take to grow them, and how do we harvest them? You know, sometimes you have to make sure that it's picked up on time. I mean, quite a bit of our zucchinis, for whatever reason, uh, got rotten. The same with tomatoes. We had tomatoes in the garden, and some of them they had like little brown spots, and eventually they they rot. And um, we had both, you know, fairly large tomatoes and cherry tomatoes. And mostly the large tomatoes were affected by this virus or this bacteria. And uh, it was a lot of work taking care of the tomatoes. I remember that because you had to prune the tomatoes. And um, that's what it is. I mean, it's almost like a daily work. But if you think about your daily spiritual practice, if you want to have a daily activity... It's also something that needs you know, time and attention. And how much, uh, talking about watering the field, once you have plowed the field, And you know, how often do you water? And how do you water metaphorically in your life? Do you water by refreshing yourself in whatever way, by taking a walk in nature, by spending some time alone and... Um, by talking to friends who need your presence, by writing and journaling. I mean, there are so many ways to, to take care of our garden and to, to give it what it needs. Again, think of your spiritual life as a garden. How would you take care of the garden? How would you TLC it? How would you what kind of fertilizers would you use? We never use any kind of fertilizers uh, in our garden. Uh, these are chemicals they may kill some uh, bugs and whatever uh, unwanted uh, beasts, but I think in the end they provide more damage than than anything else so it's the kind of thing you know t- t- tending to our own garden to our own inner life is also a uh, it's also an activity that requires a lot of, um, lot of attention, a lot of presence, a lot of, um, I think a lot of sincerity as well. You know, we have to be sincere. If we want to grow something solid, um, we have to, to make the effort. We have, in a sense, to pay the price. And the price is more a question of being there and spending time than anything else. It's a question of... Um, of loving it goes back to this notion of love and um, again I don't think there's any one right answer um, how we can possibly um, tend to our garden but I think it's um, it's a very important activity in our lives you know if we keep busying ourselves doing things here and there and tending to the doing part of our lives and we have All of us have so many things to do. Uh, It's not the question. If we want to do something, we can always find something to do. But how can we find something to be? You know, that's really the question. How can we find something to be? Um, So I wish you a happy gardening, for sure. I wanted to share um, one thing that... um, came i guess it's about the buddha and uh last week i talked a lot about vesak and um the full moon which happened uh, here in the u.s late um sunday evening And on monday i received something called vesak and buddha moon uh, from Ashtara, again this woman in um, glastonbury and it's like honoring the buddha and of course, the timing was right, and it made me think about you know, how did the Buddha plow the field in his life, uh, knowing that he was one of the precursors, one of the first ones to, to walk the path, at least. I mean, there have been many more, but at least uh, his efforts have been registered, and I guess his, his fame has uh, traversed so many centuries. And that's what the text uh, reads about um, the Buddha. And I will uh, leave you with that today. In this vast hierarchy of light and love, among all the countless beings who have come this way before, today we celebrate and honor one of our own. For today is the day of the Buddha, the safe awakened one. Why is the Buddha special? Why? Because he was the first. He is the first of our kind to complete the task. He is the self-awakened, a free monad, a jivan mukta. He is the one who came before. He stands now at the portal of self-transcendence and will wait for each of you to make your way. For this is the grace sacrifice. This is true love. He waits for you to be fully human. He waits for you to be the self-awakened too. So these are the words of the Buddha. I'm sure he's waiting for all of us. um, Anywhere on the planet, anywhere in the universe. He's waiting for us to, to tend to our garden. He's waiting for us to water and fertilize our garden and he's watching us with all his wisdom compassion and love and that's the message I would like to leave you with today out of this gardening uh, experiment in a sense wisdom, love and compassion thank you very much
1: Thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Giles Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again.